Welcome to the podcast series Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Stacey Jafta, and today I'll be chatting with Angela Yore, Managing Director and Co-Founder of Skyparlor. Skyparlor is a full-service communications agency for fintech businesses at all stages, from startup to scale-up and scale-out. Hi, Angela. We did it. We did it. I'm so proud of us. I know after we're surviving. that many attempts, we, we, we got through all of our technical issues and um, we are now talking today. So, um, you know, every credit to us. Yes, we didn't give up. How are you, Angela? How are you, how's your day going? Really, really well, thank you. I'm um, surviving COVID, surviving, mm-hmm. um, well, not that I've had COVID, but surviving the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And the light at the end of the tunnel, of course, now in, in the UK is that we have a good roadmap for getting back to some form of normal. And I guess the whole world it, over the ne- in the part in the next 12 months, we will see some normal come back. So I'm yes. really happy about that. I and think fin- everyone's excited. We're so excited. And fintech, of course, um, you know, is a very important sector to the global recovery um, mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, it's it's a sector that's um, hugely growing. Um, mm-hmm. In the UK this uh, week, we have um, a review of the sector that's being done in Parliament by Ron Khalifa, which is going to feed into the budget. Uh, the UK Parliament's budget and, um, you know, uh, exporting our prowess in the UK in um, fintech is something that we are raring to do. Um, and awesome. I, I've noticed that Skyparlor, my, my company Skyparlor is a public relations consultancy that focuses on um, fintech. And uh, we also, you know, we, we're, we're very strong on writing reports and issues-based and policy-based uh, PR and uh, content for our clients. Uh, there's there's a huge demand at the minute um, as a result yes. of um, a result of this industry thriving. Yeah, a lot of digitization happening, which has then resulted in a lot of fintechs booming and and doing really really well. While we're chatting though, Angela, why don't you tell me a little bit more about your journey and, and what essentially led you to building Skypala? So I always had that entrepreneurial um, sort of mind, mindset. Um, and, uh, you know, at the beginning of my career, I started as, a, I guess, an intrapreneur working for a large corporate called Xerox. Mm. Um, but I was always working on the cutting edge of uh, new innovations or new services that, um you know, in businesses. So I, you know, the, the, um, that was, that was always important to me. And the first, uh, one of the big roles I had at Xerox was launching, um, a, a new service across the whole of Europe. Um, but, but when the, uh, the internet boom started, um, I was very like curious about it. And, um, it, I was, I really wanted to get into e-commerce so mm-hmm. um, I started, that was my journey into fintech, which was back in 2005. I started working for a company that was an e-commerce fraud prevention uh, platform ah. called, called Retail Decisions. Um, and, uh, you know, it was there that we saw um, this, uh, you know, it, problem with fraud, um, mm. that the internet was a great place uh, for, uh, a great marketplace for buying things. 
but the fraudsters were also anonymous and were yeah. able to um you know outwit uh, uh the retailers so the retailers started losing significant sums of money to charge back some fraud and uh retail decisions had a, an amazing uh artificial intelligence engine uh in order to support these retailers uh from hemorrhaging cash um and also protect mo- most importantly to protect the consumer um so you know it was there that that I you know I did a lot of work uh working for the CEO um mm-hmm. uh, on the public relations side um and you know lots of investor PR um which is very relevant to the startup sector that that we're in now um you know with with with, with the, the, this huge boom in startups in fintech mm-hmm. since open banking has uh you know and PSD2 has opened up the market um with lots of new players uh you know entering the market um and uh you know so so the whole idea of you know attracting investment as as mm-hmm. a fintech uh, we do lots of work like that for our clients it all started in my journey at retail decisions where we built the company from an 8 million pound uh turnover through to being sold in different uh parts wow. for about 450 million um i was part of that journey i wasn't on all of it but i was part of that journey where we we did acquisitions we um you know we we started it up in new countries like china and australia i spent four mm. months out in australia uh sort of spearheading uh, parts of the business uh, out there. Um, and then that led me to see that uh, working with a number of different agencies, you know, I noticed that there was this gap in the market for a specialist agency in fintech. Fintech's a complex sector. Um, and, yes. uh, uh, you know, it needs people that really, really understand it. And um, I felt that, uh, you know, uh, I, I felt that uh, the agencies that I worked were too superficial in their understanding often. Mm. Um, and so when we started Sky Parlor, I have a business partner called Kimberly Waldron, um, who uh, we started the company together. We'd worked at uh, PayZone together. It's just gone from strength to strength. Now we have a team of uh, 20 uh, people. We have 19 clients. Um, we work with clients from large massive goliaths in payments um to uh we have a division which is focused in on startups called sky parlor started we've got a division called sky parlor scale which is taking those startups from the into their next evolution and we've just been received so well by the marketplace Fintechs and what I found from the businesses that are are building from scratch, they're focusing on the technology. They're not thinking about the PR, how to market this product. You help businesses find their message and purpose. What have you found to be the biggest challenges fintechs face when building a PR plan? Um, I think often, you know, people think that um, PR is 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 is, uh, you know sales messages. So. A company mm. might build a great innovation and think that 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 you know often they, there's obviously always something special about every every, every new company uh, and and the story of that company and how it got to where it is um, you know are usually are fascinating you know, uh, sometimes often with 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 companies you know it might be the 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 founder or the CEO that actually tried to do something and couldn't do it and realized mm. that oh because they're entrepreneurial in spirit. Um, they they saw the gap in the market and took took a product from there, and then you get people that are highly um, 
uh, experts in payments um, that, you know, in, in startups that see, you know, like, like Sky Parlor that identified, a, a, you know, the gap in the market or created mm. a new way of doing things. But, you know, we tend to find um, that, um, that, that PR, PR is, is not just about getting leads. And, you know, we tend, tend it, that, that's certainly a big, big part of it. Um, but, but PR is about um, the values of your business. It's about mm. the purpose of your business. It's about what you stand for. It's about, um, you know, what you, what you want to say about this industry and, and, and where you see the industry going. Quite a few of our clients have had serious um, injections of, of funding from investors. Mm. And often why the investors have invested in them is because they've seen them say something forward thinking about the industry. Yeah. Not necessarily that they weren't, they didn't, it wasn't that they piqued their interest just on the product to start with. It was, you know, they that the, the team, the, the leadership team was particularly special because perhaps that they'd pioneered um you know i don't know uh, a charge on on women in business or you know there's, yeah. there's very very different reasons um in fact why investors are, are attracted to, to businesses and that's what pr is about it's about giving companies um the, the purpose is always there but bringing that mm. purpose out and also for them to not to realize how important it is to take the responsibility to stand out and stand up. You just mentioned investors and you help startups position their businesses in the best way for investors. What should startups keep in mind when approaching investors? Well, I think if you haven't got a decent, um, the first thing obviously to think about, and I, you know, I would say all of the companies would do this anyway, but, you know, make sure your deck, your investor deck is standout brilliant. Do you help with that? Um, we have done, yes. Um, it, it, it's, it's often something that we believe that should come from within the company. Mm. I mean, we, we you know, uh, as well. But, you know, think about every aspect of your business um, and, and shine it in its most perfect light, with, but without obviously over-exaggerating. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so again, it's, it's back down to the story. Don't, don't sell the numbers to the investor. Um, the investors that they'll want to see those and of course they wouldn't invest in a business if it wasn't financially viable but what the investors want to see first is the story so the narrative of your business and and also how you tell that how you're able to articulate that that message and where you're going to take the industry how you're going to disrupt the industry um, and evidence you know backing evidence of of, of where the market opportunity is and where you, and 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 you know your sort of realistic growth in that market um, should all be in that that investor deck. You know, shout out about your your top customers and what you're doing with them, um, because often you know that the investors want to see that you know you're working with some decent brands. Um, and if if they don't know those brands because you're a new company then sell those brands, sell how exciting that the, the brands are that you work with, even if you think, oh, well, they would be interested in X, Y, and Z in Russia or wherever. Yes, mm -hmm. they would. If Because the, 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 uh, many of these, these uh, uh, companies might be the future of uh, industries. So they might not be well known now, but how you, how you articulate them to the investors shows that you're, you're, you've picked exactly. hor future horses that are going to be um, you know, the next Teslas PR, branding, marketing, it's so much more important than, than many business 
competitors think. This can even just be the way your competitors think of you in the industry. This can be obviously your consumers and customers, investors, but it goes beyond that. The more you're putting out there, the more noise you're making, the more you're being heard, the more opportunities you are given. Um, and I think that it's the, the bigger picture at play. A hundred percent, you know, and you look at some of the personalities in the in the payment sector. Some of them have been created by accident. Um, uh, Martha from uh, European Women in Payments Network, you know, she yeah. really believed in diversity. She didn't set out um, to build her profile. That wasn't the objective of what she was trying to mm. create. But that's what she's actually done because you know, because of her passion for the sector. And now, she, you know, she, you see her everywhere. She's she's even, um, you know, on, on DAV, uh, you know, represented as one of the top women in diversity for the World Economic Forum. I think she gets a shout out on every second episode. Um, everyone is in love with Martha, including me and my team. So she's well-deserved. It's evident that startups and scale-ups need different PR strategies and you've built separate divisions for this. What is the biggest differentiator and what strategy works best for each business stage? I think each business, I I still, you know, we spend a lot of time with every single client, uh, you know, to to, to work with their objectives. Um, and give them a bespoke package that's that, you know that's right for them. So a good example would be one of our clients wanted to raise their profile in the north of England. Um, so you know we 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 worked on a you know a very robust strategy to help them to do that. But I think I think I guess the difference between the scale ups and the startups is often startups obviously are cash starved as well. So you have and also they're starved of time. So mm-hmm. it's about high impact. Uh, with minimum effort from the business in order to get the name out there and and you know to be in the right places so to be seen you know in the in the startup lists influencer lists on in in sifted in some of these you know titles that you know we we know that investors and and corporates are reading Um, but just to do a few things very well rather than trying to spread yourself too thinly Mm. because the most important thing is always product first and always you know spending your time innovating your product and not losing sight of why you started the business in the first place scale ups are different often they're you know targeting different sectors so you know it's important that we get under the skin of you know the the, the message to each sector um, they have better marketing teams usually because that they they have people dedicated in the business that you know can work with us. Um, so it, with the scale ups, it's about giving them a more robust program that actually is aligned to not just um, uh, you know sort of maybe one small area of the business, but it could be aligned you know as I say to sectors, new markets that that that, that, that they're going into specific uh issues that they're solving with you know big deep dive pieces of reports and and content that you know we can do and then you know even paid for advertising so it's more about you know a much bigger program and it needs um you know that they they need uh sort of a more intensive uh um service so that's why we decided to split our um, program up so that we could serve those those startups with a very agile service 
um, and 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 the, the scale ups that we were more of a, um, a mirror of their organisations mm. in terms of the offer as well. Is there a specific platform you've seen yield the best results? So you, you you mentioned paid ads, you got LinkedIn, you got Instagram, you've got Twitter, recently Clubhouse. Um, we just did uh, a panel on Clubhouse an hour ago and that's all the rage right now. Is there a p- specific platform that you really encourage your businesses to be a part of and, and really spread the word on there? I, d- I think that if you're a scale-up, I think it's very important that you have a strategy across all the platforms. I think obviously okay. in, in B2B um, that LinkedIn is key, as is Twitter. Um, the likes of Facebook and, and some of the more consumer-facing ch- uh, channels are not so important. And then I think it's the, the, the press is, is still seen and, and is still the most independent way of, you know, of, of, of being covered. And the press is the press is what's said about you. Whereas what you say about yourself can always be yeah. seen as biased. So mm. you know, for me, P- PR is still very, very important because it's other people saying that you're, um, you know, a company to watch or your technology is good or um, that this report that you've put out is, is really insightful. Whereas on, on all of those other channels, it's what you're saying about yourself. So, I, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to have fly the flag for PR, but I do think that um that's the most one of the most powerful channels there is but you know i love all these new channels like clubhouse really enthuses me we're building a employer branding guide currently and this is just highlighting different businesses that we think are doing incredibly in this place is this something that you encourage businesses when highlighting what they're doing within their organization and and how they treat the employees is this something that you you work on i'd love to hear your thoughts on this and how you, how important you think this is i mean it's crucial um it's crucial on a number of levels uh, on the one level i think it's it it's important that we all treat each other you know well and look out for each other's mental health, physical health, whether we're at home or we're at work or wherever we are. Um, and, and so, you know, good employee employers um, have, have programs to, to support their staff. And it's never been so important with COVID. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's really important for that reason. The other reason why it's so important, uh, uh, Stacey, is uh, because fintech is is highly competitive and you know to attract yeah. the best the best people the best people that you can afford um you know you people want to work for companies that are an extension of their themselves and their personalities mm. and their beliefs and what they stand for just like you 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 might support a football team or you might you know be be part of a uh you know even a sort of you might be a christian or whatever it might be you know, usually you're part of the community because you you feel like you belong to that community and it represents you. I think more and more employees are, are, um, are looking at the market and thinking, who represents me? You know, what what company um, you know has the same values that I have? What mm. what company you know uh, is willing to support me with my um, not just my career development but my my life development? Um, so. Um, those, those, you know, thinking about employee engagement um, and having having um, uh, programs on that um, in a competitive market as well 
um, is important. Mm-hmm. And we have we have helped with a few a few of our clients with that because um, and and I think as well it the way of doing that is walking the walk. Um, so mm-hmm. for, for one of my clients has purposely you know looked at diversity across its leadership team and across its business. Mm-hmm. Um, not just diversity in terms of gender or colour, but also diversity, uh, socioeconomic diversity as well. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, um, they're investing back into their their product development, a broader church of thinking, which is more more a reflection of society as well. Um, so um, you know, but that that had to come from the leaders, and it had to come from the employee um uh engagement you know because when you're when you're engaging employees it's not just engaging employees that you've got it's engaging employees that have left the business because they will have a narrative around what it was like to work there and it's also engaging people that um you know you want to attract to the business so to to, you know to do to, to have a good good strategy um is key um, one of my particular clients is very good on the PR front at making sure that there are a number of voices that represent the company. So female voices, very important. Um, uh, you know, gender, di- sorry, different gender and uh, uh, also racial voices um, to show that you know that that, that to, so everybody has an equal opportunity um, to be part of. The company's, um, uh, um, you know, the, the, the company's what the company believes and thinks about, and that's been powerful to see. That it's been really powerful to watch, you know, different spokespeople emerge over the the last year or so. This ties into PR as well. There are so many articles that touch on the best place to work, specifically in the fintech space or in different countries or different cities. The more happy your employees are results into one, more media. You have reviews on Glassdoor, for example. I I noticed one of your clients had a page on their website dedicated to employees. You get to have a day in the life of, of different employees, which I found such a great idea it's not an article written but you see for yourself how happy everyone is in this video and I thought it was such a great idea so what we've done with that particular kind I'll be quick on it but what we've done with that particular client is is we've spotlighted not the obvious person but we've looked for people mm, within the business that I saw. Gen- yeah generally don't have a voice and we've what well, we've purposely given those people the voice so uh, that that was very you know concerted in 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 those uh, employee spotlights that you were talking about. That's awesome. Before we wrap up, do you have any final words of wisdom for a fintech that has no idea how to to start with PR? Where would you where would you encourage them to to begin? Well, it it, it depends how how if they're a seed. I would say, and they, you know, they, 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 they haven't got, you know, sort of funds to start with. I would say, um, you know, there's no harm in um, uh, them starting to talk to some experts, you know, just setting up 30 minute calls with experts mm. and, and picking their brains, um, you know, getting on some of the, some great forums uh, for, for PR as well, you know, PR week, uh, Forbes does some uh, great content uh, and ink uh, on, uh, you know, PR in your business. Um, you know, look at look at people that are 
good at it and companies that are good at it and and start to build a picture of you know how how mm. then that could apply to you but if 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 you've obviously if you start to get to a stage where you have you know you're able to invest in it then mm. I, I you know obviously going to say this but I, I really do think it matters because you can have the best product in the world but if nobody knows about it you're not going to sell it and you're not going to do your business justice so I would talk to an expert such as Guy Parler, um, you know, and talk to a few few companies and see who works for you, who 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 gives you the listening ear that you need, who understands you, and also you want to work with a company that's not just going to offer you a service, but it's also going to elevate your skills because we're all learning. Mm. Whether whether you're a CEO or you're um, you know, uh, you've just walked into a company. We're all learning all the time. And the best way to learn is to uh, talk, digest and listen. I love that. Angela, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. It was a delight having you on. Where's the best place for listeners to reach you? Angela at skyparlor.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Angela. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talking Success, Connecting the Global Fintech Community. Feel free to follow us on LinkedIn at Talent in the Cloud. And if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your team, or you yourself are looking for a new, exciting change in your career, check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.